Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. Thank you, thank you. How many appreciate God giving you a shepherd that loves Jesus and is directing you in a way that honors Jesus Christ in your community and around the world? Pastor George and Phyllis are that type of shepherds, guiding and directing and leading you to grow closer to Jesus Christ. I pastored for over 25 years. The thought of having to cancel what we did in Christmas has just got to be gnawing on them because it's something that gives the opportunity to bring people that would never come through the church doors. So since that's not happening, I want to encourage you, invite a friend to church anyway. You don't have to wait till Christmas. Invite them every week. Matter of fact, invite them until they finally go, I am going to come just to get you off my back. Matter of fact, my mother grew up in a minister's home and she had several of her brothers that walked away from the Lord. Thankfully, all of them have come back to Jesus. But one of them, she would call and invite to church. It was, this was during the phenomenal Jesus movement and the charismatic renewal. And she would invite him and he would just say no. Sometimes he would actually cuss her out. No, I'm not coming. And finally one day she just said at the lunch table, I'm not going to invite him to church ever again. And dad said, one more time. We were having special services that point in time, and mom called him up and said, won't you to come to the church? And he said, okay, I'm coming. And so he decided he was going to embarrass her so bad, he got drunk as could be, and somehow got to church, staggered down the aisle, sat down where my mom was sitting, and you could smell him from three, three, three rows away. But how many of you know God can cut through the booze? (laughs) And the power of God came into that service. And when the minister gave the opportunity for people to get saved, I remember my uncle reached up and grabbed the pew in front of him. His, His knuckles turned white from grabbing that pew because he was at a moment of a spiritual struggle. Do I run to the altar or do I run away? The great news is, He went to the altar, (laughs) and God radically changed his life. Folks, God wants to do that within your friends' and family's lives. God wants to bring a transformation that will so radically touch them that they will become a force in this area to reckon with for the kingdom of God. God can do it. Amen? This morning, as we're looking at what God wants to do through us, And I say through us because Marcia and I have always made the commitment not only to our local church, but also to missions around the world. I would never ask you to do something when I pastored. I would never ask my people as as I led them to do something that I was not willing to do myself. And I know you're pastors. And they're saying we want to lead the way in impacting this world. Jesus called us 
It's found in the book of Acts. He said, I'm going to fill you with my Holy Spirit, and then you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and literally to the uttermost parts of the world. God is using a vehicle that I'm a part of right now called Convoy of Hope to reach out and touch people that may never hear the gospel of Jesus Christ because their bellies are so empty and they don't know where to find the answer. But then we bring food to them and they eat and we share Jesus with them. But listen, we do not feed people just so we can say we've done our humanitarian job. We feed people so we can share Jesus Christ with them. Missionaries do not build churches overseas so that we can say we have built an edifice and people can come to it. We build it so that the name of Jesus Christ can be proclaimed in those communities. We do not build schools so that we can say we're educating students, but we build schools so that we can educate them and share Jesus Christ with those individuals. If it's not about Jesus, we need to run away from it. Because we have one commission, and that commission is to share Jesus Christ. I love what Jesus said. He said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. Folks, that's our, that's our marching orders. Seek out and see those saved that are lost and away from Jesus Christ. I believe we should minister that we can have a better life today. Because Jesus brings that better life. He promised that. He said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. This is John 10, 10. He said, but I have come to give you life and more abundant life. Folks, the Christian life should be the life where God is filling us with his Holy Spirit. And we're walking in abundance of the power of Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want us to take a moment because I believe the abundant life of Jesus needs to fill this world. From our leadership all the way down to the individual that may feel they have no influence at all. God needs to touch lives. We need to pray for our president. We need to pray for our congressmen. We need to pray for our senators. We need to pray for the Supreme Court. We need to pray for our governors. We need to pray for our mayors. And I want us to take a moment right now. This is not a political statement. This is a prayer statement. This is a biblical statement. Jesus said, pray for those that are an authority over you. We want to pray for the authorities that are over us. I believe God's still able to save the greatest sinner. (laughs) He's still able to save the most influential person and the least influential and everything in between. Father, we come today and we ask right now that you would pour out your spirit upon this nation Lord, we have recorded many times great awakenings that have taken place in this nation. Lord, we pray for another great awakening to happen in America. Father, we pray for those that are in authority over us. Save them. If they do have a personal relationship with you, strengthen them and grow them deeper in you. Lord, we pray for our president. We pray for those in Congress and those in the Senate. 
Those in the Supreme Court, we pray for them, particularly those who may be struggling with COVID-19 today. Bring your divine healing to their bodies. And Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. From the tip of Maine all the way to the tip of California, from Washington to Florida and Alaska and Hawaii and everything in between, bring a move of your Holy Spirit. And we'll praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today you can literally go around the world and you can find a Coca-Cola. Now in Alabama, I was raised in Alabama, and if they come and ask you, do you want a Coke? You say yes, and they say, what kind? But I'm talking about when you go over, it says the word Coca-Cola. I have been some of the most desolate places in the world. I was in the jungles of Vietnam preaching to a group of pastors there, and they said, we're ready to eat, and all of a sudden they pulled out Coca-Cola. I've been in Russia, I've been in other places of the world, and whenever we sit down, they will say, would you like a Coke? Folks, if Coca-Cola can bring their message to every person in the world, the church of Jesus Christ can bring the message of Jesus Christ as our Savior to the 7 billion people on this planet today. The Great Commission is still unfilled, my friends. According to the Joshua Project, two-thirds of our world is unsaved. And 2.75 or two and three quarters billion people still have never heard the name of Jesus Christ one time. My friends, that is unacceptable. For those of us in the kingdom of God, that is unacceptable. That 2.75. Three, seven, five billion people still have never heard the name of Jesus Christ in an adequate way so that they can accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You say, well, I have and I'm going to heaven. That's good. The Bible tells us that we are to be his witnesses. Both. He didn't say in one or the other. He said both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And you may say to yourself, well, how can I be both here in Decatur, but also ministering in India? The simple reason is, is there's one body of Christ. And today, there's all, you have already had church in Japan. You've already had church in India. You've already had church in Bangladesh. You've already had church in Pakistan. You've already had church in Nepal. Because as the body of Christ, the ministry of the gospel that is taking place is our church. Because it's the church of Jesus. The name of Jesus is the most powerful name ever known to mankind. That's the reason we do missions. That's the reason you are a church that says we want to impact the world is because the name of Jesus Christ is the most powerful name ever to be mentioned on the face of the earth. I, I, I read that scripture. Whenever they came to arrest Jesus and they said, are you Jesus? And he said, I am he. But just for the force of his voice, it said they fell to the ground backwards as if somebody literally had hit them with a two by four and knocked them down. Folks, the name of 
Jesus is more powerful than the name of Bruce Headley, or the name of Donald Trump, or the name of Barack Obama, or the name of Putin, the name of anybody else. The name of Jesus Christ is more powerful. Jesus is the name that is above every name. That's the reason we go around the world, folks. We do not go around the world because we are wanting to give some missionaries a vocation. We're not going around the world so that we can build up the name of a particular denomination. We're going around the world because in the name of Jesus Christ, we are able to share that this is the answer. He is the answer. And through the answer of Jesus Christ, lives are changed. I was standing in a temple called the Temple of Kali in India. And there in that temple, I purchased a little ticket to go in to see everything. Kali is one of the three major gods of India. It is the god of everything that is evil. And every day in that temple, people come in and they offer sacrifices and they go into a little area where there's a rock that's on the uh, rock is painted a face and that rock represents Kali. And that day, and on that day, 120 people will stand there and they will start praying to Kali to fill them with evil spirits. It's interesting they only choose 120 every day. And I was, I was standing there and I was watching what was going on. Individuals literally started cutting themselves. Individuals were becoming more and more animated in their crying out. To Kali. And as I was standing there, I saw the, uh, my peripheral vision a man walking up with a gun in his hand. And he said to me, You have to leave. I said, Why do I have to leave? First of all, I didn't really know what was going on. I, another way, I explained it to it. The missionary and the others were over to another part of the complex at a little pool uh, that they said Kali came up out of that uh, pool of water. And I, I, I was just standing there. He said, you have to leave. I said, why do I have to leave? He said, whatever is in you is preventing them from receiving what they're asking for. Folks, in the name of Jesus, the power of God is greater than what this, the forces of the enemy. I said, I looked at him. I said, well, shouldn't they want what I've got then? When he pulled the gun out of his holster, I realized that was not the correct question. And the missionary saw what was happening. We quickly were ushered out. But listen to me, folks. We walk with the name of Jesus Christ imprinted upon our lives. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. A missionary was sharing the story that he and a group of other individuals had gone into the mountains of a Central American country. And to get into that area, they had to take uh, boats up the river and they had been going and they had experienced quite a number of, uh, of very dis uh, potentially disastrous things that could have happened. And in that boat trip, they were at a point that they could have lost their lives multiple times and they knew that they were in a spiritual warfare to get to this place. They got to this city, this community in the jungles and the missionary literally felt an oppression within that place. He felt the people, the Christians in that community were very agitated. And he said to the leader, he said, what's going on? 
He said, well, pastor, we've got a problem. He said, matter of fact, we may want to just shut everything down. He said, what's going on? He said, well, you know how you arrived here, and everybody else does as well, but the number one witch doctor in all of our country has arrived, and he just appears. And the people are fearful. The missionary felt a stirring in his spirit. No, we're going to have our services. Before they went to bed that night, the missionary's wife felt a tugging at her spirit, saying, that witch doctor has commanded a snake to, be go, to go into one of the girl's sleeping bags so that he can scare everybody away. When she goes in, it's going to bite her. You immediately take an individual from the village and go and open that sleeping bag. And sure enough, they open it and one of the most poisonous snakes in that region was in the bottom of that sleeping bag. They took it out, killed it. Went to bed that night. Everything was fine. The next morning, they were having their uh, story time with the children. And at the end of it, the mission, they were giving out like a book of hope. And the missionary, came, or the witch doctor came up and he said, I would like one of those. She had no earthly idea what he was going to do with it. And she was getting ready to reject him. But the Spirit of the Lord said, give it to him. She gave him that book. The next morning, he arrived back when they were setting up a, for a medical uh, exams for people that could go through, and he was in need. And so he went into the, uh, into the line for the medical tent. Now listen, what he was actually saying is, the power of sickness is greater than the power that I have as a voodoo witch doctor. But he walked in, and there sat that doctor, and that doctor started talking to him about Jesus. And he said, do you know you need to accept Jesus? And he looked at him, he said, yes, I do. See, he had read the book that night. And then he had a vision of Jesus. And Jesus let him know, this is your final chance. If you don't accept me, you will go to hell. Now, he had already experienced hell because of being a witch doctor. He said to that gentleman there to the doctor he said i need jesus he gave his life to jesus christ in that medical tent but listen they continued the crusade throughout that week and at the end of the week they were going to do uh they were going to allow people to testify about what god has done within their lives and the witch doctor came up to the missionary and said i want to testify and normally they don't let witch doctors testify because all they know is that of uh, of evil but the Spirit of the Lord said to the missionary, let him testify. He stood there. He said, folks, all of you Christians, listen to me. He said, you know who I am. You know what I used to represent. Now I love Jesus Christ. He said, but you need to realize, in my world of spiritism, we recognize and we see every Christian because written across every Christian's forehead in red blood is the name Jesus. He said, whenever a believer in Jesus Christ gets near my region of, of the demonic, he said, the words are said, beware, a child of a living God is coming your way. 
He said as they got closer, the words would be said, Beware, a child of the living God is coming near. He said, but the reality is, none of you recognize how powerful you walk in the things of Jesus Christ and you walk on by and you never disrupt our lives. My friends, let me tell you, there is no evil in this world greater than the name of Jesus Christ. There's no power in this world greater than the name of Jesus Christ. And today in Decatur, Alabama, today across this Tennessee Valley, the name of Jesus Christ is greater than anything in this world. That's the reason we do missions. Because greater is He that is in us than He that is in this world. First John chapter 4, the latter part of verse 4. In the name of Jesus, the captives are set free. Listen to what it says in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 through 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We must take on the mantle of Jesus Christ and say we have come to set the captive free. We have come to bring the favorable year of the Lord to our world. Dear friend of mine, Pastor Carl, missionary in Haiti, after that massive earthquake of 7.0 in Haiti, he had heard about a community in the mountains that had been cut off from everything. And he said, we've got to take food and water up to them. So he said to three other men, he said, come with me. They loaded up the vehicle. They drove as far as they could. Then they got some donkeys, loaded everything down on the donkeys. And they began to make their way across the mountain pass that had been closed off. I was talking to them. They said it was treacherous going up. We literally almost lost our lives multiple times. Many times the donkeys actually lost their footing. They said once we got to the top of the mountain pass, we thought it would be a lot easier going down, but it was even more treacherous going down. They said finally we made it into the community, into the villages. They said the very first man that met us was the doctor, was the witch doctor. Because he was the leader of the community. And we knew knew in that community that many Christians had lost their lives because they had tried to go share Jesus Christ. And as they walked up to that man, that man said, who are you? They said, well, we heard you had been cut off. Your water had been corrupted. Your lack of food and people were nearing death. We have brought uh, supplies to you because we believe that we need to come and bring the food and water. His response was, Are you Christians? Knowing what had happened in that community, the missionary, Pastor Carl, was really struggling. How do I answer this? He said, certainly I wasn't going to lie, but finally I just brought it out. Yes, we're Christians. And these were his next words. Tell me about your Jesus. Pastor Carl said, why do you want me to tell you about my Jesus? He said, several years ago, I was back, the witch doctor said, several years ago, I was back in Port-au-Prince. He said, while I was in Port-au-Prince, I was walking down the streets, and there on the streets, I heard music, and he said, I love music, so I stopped. There was this big tent, and music was coming out, and I was listening to the music. 
I really enjoyed it. He said, then somebody got up and started speaking, and I didn't want to listen to somebody speak, so I started to walk off. He said, but, I, but these words got stuck in my head that in the name of Jesus, miracles can take place. He said, when the earthquake began, he said, it was like trying to stand on water. I fell to the ground. He said, I began to turn my head to the left and the right. Buildings were collapsing, which are made usually of concrete or cinder block. And he said, I heard people dying underneath the rubble of those cinder blocks and those concrete falling on top of them. He said, I looked up because I was heading toward my own house. And he said, I started seeing my own house starting to sway and cracks coming in my house. And I knew in just a few moments, my wife and children that were inside were going to die. And he said, I began to invoke the names of the gods that I had offered sacrifices to that morning. He said, nothing happened. And he said, all of a sudden, back into my mind came these words. In the name of Jesus, miracles could take place. He said, I looked at my house and I said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He said, my house stopped swaying and my family was saved. He said, my gods could not save my family, but your God saved my family. Tell me about your Jesus. My friends, at the name of Jesus Christ, Jesus begins to open the door for even the most lost individual to turn their lives to him. Yes, the name of Jesus is offensive. The name of Jesus to individuals is oppressive. But the name of Jesus to the believer is what sets us free. It's what sets us to the place where we can say, I'm on my way to Calvary where I serve Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus is the name to which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. My friends, I want to see people bow here rather than in heaven. You say, well, everybody's going to make heaven? Yes, for a moment. Because they will have to stand before the judgment seat and give account. And yes, they will recognize that Jesus is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. But yet they will hear the words, I do not know you. I don't know about you, but if, I, if I've met somebody and somebody introduces me and they go, I really don't know you, it's a little deflating. But to have Jesus say, I don't know you, is an eternal consequence. It's time for the church to realize that we do not need to see people go into hell because we have neglected to share the name of Jesus Christ. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Why are you going to make commitments today toward kingdom builders? Because you are going to say, I am lifting up the name of Jesus Christ around the world. You are not going to make a commitment to kingdom builders today so that you can say, wow, pastor, we have done such a great job at Calvary. No, you're giving, you're making commitments for Jesus so that the world may know Jesus. 
so that none would perish without knowing the name of Jesus Christ. Years ago, there was a missionary that went into a community in Central America, set up a tent, and began to preach. A man and his daughter had come down out of the mountains, out of the rainforest, and had done some trading there in the city. And before they left, they stopped at, one of, they stopped at this tent. And they heard about Jesus, and there, that dad and that daughter gave their life to Jesus Christ. They made their way back into the rainforest, into the village and walking. Took them literally days to get back. They were so excited about what happened in their lives, but yet they had about that much understanding of Jesus. They went and they told their village what had happened. Their village was so excited. Later on, as they were coming back, they, the villagers were coming back down the mountains because they wanted to go hear about this man, Jesus. And the little girl that accepted the Lord along with her little, her little sister, they had run in front of everybody going down the hill, going down the mountain. And as they made their way around a curve and nobody could see them, a large anaconda snake dropped out of the tree onto, one of the, onto the baby's sister, wrapped, his, wrapped, his, uh, uh, wrapped himself around that sister and literally took his mouth and put his fangs into the top of her head, getting ready to swallow this little girl. All her sister could remember was Jesus. And that sister began to scream at that snake, Jesus, Jesus. The people heard what was happening and they began to run as fast as they could. And as she called out to the name of Jesus, all of a sudden that snake released its fangs, uncurled itself from that little child's body, and slithered back into the forest. The the only thing the people could see was that snake slithering back in. But what they saw was the two marks of that snake's fangs. They said, what happened? And she told the story. But she said, in the name of Jesus, that snake had to let go of my sister. My friends, Thank God for missionaries that are preaching the name of Jesus Christ because that missionary had preached the name of Jesus. That girl had heard the name of Jesus and she said, in the name of Jesus, snake, you have no authority over my little sister's body. And that snake had to slither off. My friends, the serpent... The snake, Satan himself, is trying to grab a hold of you and destroy you and destroy this community. But in the name of Jesus, he has no authority in Jesus' name. And in the name of Jesus, the fastest growing nation in the world for Christianity is Iran. You can find very few churches there but you can find a growing number of believers in that country of Iran. Because, folks, Islam is not the answer. Muhammad is not the answer. But Jesus Christ is. Two years ago, after that massive earthquake in Nepal, Nepal that had been hostile to the gospel of Jesus Christ, became the fastest growing nation for Christianity in the world. Listen, God can take a COVID-19 and bring revival to America. 
God can take an earthquake and bring revival to Nepal. God can bring, can take the oppression of Islam and bring revival to Iran. God can take, listen, the uh, atheistic attitude of Europe and he can bring a revival to Europe. My friends, I want to thank God for our missionaries that went to Africa. Because today, the Africans that are migrating to uh, Europe are bringing revival in Europe. Some of the largest churches in Europe are now being pastored by Africans that were led to the Lord by missionaries that came from the United States of America. And I am believing today that through missions and through you and I, we're going to see some of the greatest moves of the Holy Spirit that has ever taken place. Matthew 28, 18. Jesus came to his disciples and he told them, I have given you authority both in heaven and in earth. This is not just a spiritual authority that's out there in the Pleiades somewhere. This is an authority right here on this earth. This is an authority that no demon in hell can stand against. This is an authority named which is in the name of Jesus Christ. Alcoholism has no authority over it. Drug addiction has no authority over it. Alternate sexual activity has no authority over it. Folks, stop throwing in the towel to sin and say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And listen. Where we send missionaries around the world. Where you send me out with convoy of hope. You have an expectation of us. Can I say this? I have an expectation of you. I can't do in Decatur what you can do. You can't do in Haiti what we can do. But us working together. We can see Decatur saved. And we can see Haiti saved. It's time. It's time for you to step back and say, Lord, can I get up from Starbucks for the next year every day and do something for, the, for kingdom builders? It's time for you to step back and say, can I forego a pair of Air Nikes? So that I can see an orphan fed this year and have the gospel of Jesus Christ shared with them. In the month of July, the Republican Party raised $165 million for their campaign. In the month, of July, the Democratic Party raised $145 million for their campaign. Added up, over a quarter of a billion dollars was raised for a political campaign to sit in the office to get paid $400,000 a year. It's not a financial problem that we have concerning missions. It's a heart problem. Am I more concerned about who sits in the Oval Office than I am 
who sits on the throne of David, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who has given us a commission as a soldier in his army. Proclaim. Proclaim Jesus to the world. Before pastor comes, would you just stand to your feet and lift your hands up and say, Lord, use me. Use me. Use me. Come on, with your voices, raise your voices. Say, Lord, use me. Use me. Use me in my business. Use me in my school. Use me in my neighborhood. Use me around the world. Use me, Lord. I'm yours. I give my all to you. Use me right now. Now ask the Lord, what do you want me to commit in this kingdom builder's commitment moment? Lord, what is, what is that you want me to commit in this kingdom builder's moment? God's going to drop into your spirit a number that is a God number. And in that God moment, you're going to say, God, I can't do it. And you can't, but God can do it through you. God bless. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.